Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back, baby. Once again, it's the Horns Up podcast, talking text. So get your horns up, because here we go. Horns up podcast, talking text. I'm Josh Fisher, along with Alexander Disopolis, Nicholas Snacks, Crowder, and the Quan Cosby. And we are here. We are ready to lament after a brutal game in Lubbock, but have no fear. We land an offensive tackle. And if you're watching any of these clips or any of my videos on YouTube, Nick, who do you have in your background? Uh, Devin, Devon Campbell, the new five-star interior lineman that we just picked up. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you do. We picked him up. Looks great. Our offensive line... The football team changed their name to the commanders. We thought they were going to maybe be the hogs giving an ode to the team that, you know, built the franchise. That is garbage, garbage <laughs> name. We commies. Now, the commies, baby. After Americans called the Russians communists. Now the team located in D.C. will be nicknamed the commies. What a full circle moment for our great, great nation. Um, we are now the hogs. Our offensive line is extremely beefed up. We thought we would get him. We nabbed him. We don't get it. Harold Perkins. He goes to LSU, but I don't think we, you know, I think that was wishful thinking. And it's just another great day for Sarkeesian's group. After a five and seven year, we recruited in the top five, bringing Gary Patterson. And I'm not going to go right out. We Caleb Williams is officially out of OU this week. He's going to USC. That's big news. I'm not going to say, the big 12 is ours for their picking because truth be told, like neither OU or Texas was in the mix really for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We still got to beat Kansas and yeah, Iowa state and, and Baylor state. <laughs> and OK state, but it really is as far as what you want out of a program, bringing in coaches with experience and bringing in amazing recruiting classes. This is just an awesome way to finish the, you know, pretty much off season for us. So it's super exciting. Yeah. It's definitely the best O-line class I've seen in Texas recruiting history. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got, as ESPN 300 ranks Devon Campbell number nine in their composite. And I I think Kelvin Banks is, is close to like, I think 17 or 18, 19 around there, but we got the respective number one uh, offensive tackle and number one interior lineman on our recruiting class this year. Yeah, man. When you add what Bijan did with the struggling O-line last year and you add these young dogs and they, they are that if you watch some film they're mauling dudes and and, mm-hmm. and they have to get pulled off of them that's the, that mindset and i crack up because we talked a little bit about you know um the the basketball game last night and when i saw brock go out to the crazy fans and say bring it with you know the the miami vice shirt open i said to i promise you i will go to war with that dude right there. Mm-hmm. I think from an interior lineman perspective, I think we have some of those. I think mm-hmm. we have young, sure, but they have D1, true D1 NFL bodies, and I think they can develop fast uh, into some great players. And, again, they have a pretty freaking good dude behind them that if you can have get in the way and give him a, a, a seam, he's going to take full advantage of it. So fired up about this class, and you said it, Josh, 
we didn't have a good season. We went five and seven. So the pool of top five class, especially filling the gaps that we needed after that, bravo, kudos to Sark and their staff because that's that's big time freaking off season. Yeah, I mean, we were a heaping pile of dog crap with a cherry on top, stunk on ice. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, you know, we have not only do we have those two guys, we have another four-star offensive lineman uh, who's, you know, in the in the top 100 in the composite as well for ESPN. And you got to hope some of these one, maybe two of these guys play right away. And with the mullet coming in, the play action, I'm, I'm so excited to see what the play action, we get the big, you know, the big guy, the big deep threat from Wyoming. Obviously, we have Worthy, who was one of the best, the best freshmen of all college football coming in. And with Bijan, new offensive line, new quarterback, the play action. Uh, this is a team that already led the Big 12 in points per game. It should be even more exciting. Now, what the issue was with our team, and now it's kind of, I guess, buoyed over to our basketball team. We can't stop a nosebleed. Quan, we were trying, we were in our group tech disagreeing last night. Toss and I were saying, well, we've gotten some stops. And Quan, you're like, well, they've scored 70 plus. We haven't gotten enough stops because they've put a lot of points on us. I mean, there seems to be on the basketball team. And it's unfortunate because, and it's interesting because the football team, the whole year, we were like, okay, this is the issue. And that was the issue the whole year for the football team. The defense was just hot garbage. It was a sans the Iowa State game where the offense didn't show up. Then we have a situation in basketball where the offense gets so stagnant. And when we do end up getting stops, we just can't convert on the other end. And then the game gets out of hand like it did last night when we really, really didn't have hope. Pretty much the entire game, they, they, they had a handle on it. And in the second half, they pulled away. There was a couple moments where we got close. And the, the pass with Askew, and he passed to Bishop. Bishop wasn't looking for it. He was going for the rebound, assuming he had a floater instead of going for the weak side layup. I, ta- I went to Tosses late last night to drop off some beers uh, for our listeners because that's what boys do. And he didn't want to crack one open. I'll call him out for it. I'm like, Toss, I brought us some Stella's. You brought a beer that I don't really like, honestly. Well, who doesn't like Stella Artois? What's wrong with that? Well, well there goes well, our Stella sponsorship. What? Dang it, Toss. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? That's fine. We'll get a Lone Star scholarship, 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 <laughs> sponsorship instead, because we're we're local Texans. Josh oh, is. We, a we can work on that. Texan by association. Um, <laughs> wow. Josh, you have boots. Josh has boots. It's He's taking years. Got a cowboy hat there. You you said that because you bought me the cowboy hat. I, and you know what? I'm the only one with a doormat that has the, the state of Texas on it. That's a fact. Quan, you got a doormat with the state of Texas? No, nah, my doormat says welcome. Okay, so at least you're. I think mine says that as well. So not only does <laughs> mine says so that so I have the Texas culture, but I don't have the actual state of Texas on <laughs> right. it. For the listeners who are wondering, which I oh. want to say something about this, y'all. It was it just popped in my head. Yeah, two things about the basketball game. One, we have to get very similar to football. We have to get that mindset. You know, I remember that I commented on Brock's deal, but. That's that was our mindset. I remember Casey Studdard. I remember all of us when we went into hostile environments, we absolutely loved it. So I think that got to us a little bit. But there's another thing I was thinking about. If we're being real honest with ourselves, tech is a better team right now. No, oh, yeah. Like, let's be real. I mean, and at that house with that atmosphere, um, they already beat Kansas. They already beat Baylor. They took Kansas for the second time in a double overtime. And so they're just a better team right now. The thing that I would like to see, and this is a horrible comparison because we're not Georgia. Georgia got embarrassed by Alabama the first time, but they got better and they learned from it. So when Tech comes to, to Austin on the 19th without that atmosphere, 
although they've already bought out all the tickets on the upper deck, they're pissed off at Beard, by the way. Yeah. But I just want to see that improvement. Uh, one of the problems we talked about with the offense is there's those lulls. I went to, it was a Tennessee or the game before. We went 10 minutes without scoring. It's been multiple times. Insane. It's not just one game. It's the it, it was the the Creighton. Who do we play earlier in the year? We didn't play Creighton. No, we played. Uh, who was it? That might have been the Oklahoma game. Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Seton yeah. Hall was the lull. Like, Tennessee. There was a lull. Lulls. Yeah. They're so weird. And honestly, they actually we actually usually start decently fast. Have lulls. They came back. It reminds me of last year's football season. Mm-hmm. But it, it is weirdly similar but really it's, it's to me very similar to the things we talk about in football that's the mindset that's the killer mentality that's the keeping your you know as they say the pedal to the metal and i think there's a combination of the players responsibility but they're also when they get conservative it's because they don't want to get yanked so i think maybe coach beard needs to relax just a itty bit and let them play that insane defense gonzaga's coach give him this he says if you play the defense we train to play on offense, do what the hell you need to do because we're going to have more opportunities. And he lets them play free, and he don't yank them when they miss a ball. Um, Steph Curry misses a lot of balls. Now, he makes a lot of them too, but he misses a lot of them. So mm. I don't know about the yanking the guy for this and that and every little turnover. So I think it's just a combination of a lot of things. But I will say about last night, that was the most discombobulated and non-together Very. team it looked in that first half. And that's that was a little concerning mentally not there too. dribbles off the foot passes out of bounds it's like the little mistakes it's like guys like you're already we shot 26 percent from, from three so you're already not shooting well from behind the arc compared oh, and to shot oh, 65 from free throw line and we're just that's the that's a losing formula and yeah. barely even got I, to the free line too too i mean you expect you expect a home team to shoot more free throws than an away team Right. You, you th- normally that's the way that those games get called is that they give a little bit more leeway um, to the home team. That's what happened. I thought we competed really well. I mean, Quan, I, I completely agree with you. That tech team right now is better than our team. I thought while we while they had a good handle on the game, the entire the entirety of it, the tech team being um, we competed. We really did. I mean, we tried we to surprise you that we won the second half by one point. <laughs> that's crazy. It is. That, does, that is crazy. I mean, we it is crazy. Dominated. We we kept making runs. I mean, it's basketball's a game of runs. We tried to make the runs, and and Josh, you mentioned it already. Like, kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. Like, yeah, that we we have a you know a pass intercepted at half court when we cut it to eight after a Timmy Allen and one. Can't yeah. have that, right? Can't have that. You have you have a great defensive possession, and then they get an offensive board, a quick little pocket pass to a cutter to score a layup. Like that was that was really disheartening. So. I, it's tough. I mean, their their arrival, they certainly showed up. That atmosphere looked incredible. Yeah, um, looked their, so good. their fans were so loud. And mm-hmm. I hope that it's the exact same, you know, when, when they come to Austin and our fans show out and they're yelling at the top of their lungs. And, and they will be. We've had great crowds this year, I will say. Dude, I, and not to go back to the game before this, but we, did, we, we didn't talk about the Tennessee game. And that was probably the most people I've seen in the drum in a long time, um, the which I still feel, I know tech is a little cray cray. I feel like they should have given beard the same love that we gave Barnes, very different story, very different situation, but that ovation, the, the guys that came back, I saw so many of them, TJ. I mean, I was, it was one of the coolest basketball atmospheres 
I think I've been in in a long time. And, and, and I we went to school. I went to school with Durant and all that, the Kansas games, all the craziness. And those were fun. But what, what they did, and then speaking of a lull and almost giving up that game, it almost happened there too. But from an atmosphere standpoint, it was freaking crazy. I bet you there was maybe, it said sold out, but maybe out of that 16,000, 16,500, maybe 2000 seats available, which is a big deal for especially in Texas basketball. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you toss. I hope we can do that when they come here. But as I said, it's gonna be a little bit hard because they bought every ticket in upper deck. So yeah. they're going to be pretty loud still. The atmosphere is crazy. I mean, I watched the game with my roommate's boyfriend who's British doesn't watch much college basketball. And he was like, this is insane. And I was like, yeah, well, you should come to a football game where we pack in 100,000 people. And like, I try to like upend him with that. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is absolute madness. They really, I mean, they came for blood. It is different, like you're saying, because Barnes was kind of a mutual parting. He was there a bit longer. Beard, this is a team that Beard took to the finals, took the Elite Eight. Like, clearly they have a good basketball team because they beat the crap out of us. So this Mm -hmm. is a team that could have made another run with him. And he just left for the quote unquote, more prestigious job so yeah I, the animosity oh, no 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 he was going home his no, alma mater he's, he's going home so yeah he's, Dude, that so was he, a funny thing about i saw this interview with one of the tech students and they were of course cussing and mad and they were like we just we, we because he did coach there for a while and all that they were like we thought he was come we thought this was his home and i'm like how out of sight that's the dumbest damn thing on the planet his home is where i mean i was like dude if I'm them, I'm like, hey, man, that dude bleeds burn orange and he still got we still got a championship game out of him and a conference championship like that's perfect. But no one who's not in Lubbock says that's their home. Yeah, was, it shows why they were so crazy. It's like Austin, Lubbock. Uh, hmm. Like, where do I want to, you know, set up camp and make my home? Absolutely. I mean, we've alluded to it so far. I'm the only one that's not actually from Texas here. And I mean you know, baseball bat to my kneecaps. I have no idea where Lubbock, Texas is. I couldn't, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I never cared to look. I don't care. Like, that is, but, that's actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I never ended up there. I, it's the, the, we just don't have a guard that can really break the press and, you know, kind of break down a zone. And even if the zone is broken or we're not a threat from three, I feel like we don't have this, well, we I got to say something about that. Yeah. Carr occasionally does. He occasionally will. I mean, he will occasionally destroy a press, make it look so easy. They make the right passes. And then for some reason, they get in their heads and they get 10 second violations. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it but sometimes he doesn't. Like, sometimes he makes errant there. stuff. I mean, even if he doesn't get across, it's I, he either breaks it and, and, and you know gets into the pain or he dribbles it off his foot. There's like no in between. It's very black and just, white with him. It it's tough, right? Like we're we're looking at the second half, especially the last ten minutes of the game in multiple games, not just this last game against Tech, with a really critical eye, right? Like it it's easy to forget all the good things that Marcus Carr did in the first half against Tech because yeah. he was good that game. Yeah, um, he really was. He was our leading scorer. I'm about right? to say like, he was the only truly because good person I just, in the game. I just and this might be like my basketball mind as a point guard growing up. Cause I was a short guy. So I wanted to facilitate and get other guys involved, but we get really one-on-one heavy at the end of games. And we don't have the one-on-one playmakers to consistently do that. It, especially our bigs like that, that last 10 minutes of the game against tech felt like it was either Carr or Timmy Allen trying to break a guy down 
and make something happen. And it really wasn't working. They were playing gritty defense and it ended up in like Ramey Chuck threes instead of wide open corner threes because a guy's getting doubled or he breaks, you know, car breaks someone down in the paint and kicks it to Ramey for a rhythm shot. Like that just didn't happen. Um, and in those type of games, like it really shows how much shooting we don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is not the first game where we've shot under 30% from the three-point line with over 15 attempts. Like, Won't be the last. It's going to continue to happen. I and hope then- it's the last. Yeah. Dude, Sorry. it was rough, though. I mean, and the thing is, there wasn't any – I mean, they were barely hitting them. I mean, it was – Yeah, they were bad misses. Like, they were bad. <laughs> There's some air balls. I go, to, I go to work out and I shoot. I'm like, oh, man, that, that could have went and rolled around. Oh, no, it was it was a lot of air balls. It was a lot yeah, of yeah. They, just, might, they might have had dumbbells on the bench that they were all just curling <laughs> which for and then me, they get back in the game. God. That's why for me, it goes back to the mental perspective, because the oh, guys yeah. can shoot. Andrew Jones can shoot these guys. Yeah. Um, favorite Federis or whatever his name is. He, he went in there. That dude was silky smooth last year at shooting. Now, he doesn't get as much playing time, but um, Ramey can shoot. But they were missing so bad. I think that's why this atmosphere was just a, a bit too big for them. Yeah, I mean, those airball chants really get inside your head after a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a couple. First of all, Tech had a couple angels in the outfield moment with O'Banner. There was a couple of them that clunked yeah. around. And well, like, and that was when we were making runs, too. So yes. it, it was it was, it he, was he it bricked was, one. And it, I was like, I was like, yes, I didn't even look at it. It fell in. I was like, I, I know that sound. That sound does not, does not constitute a basket. Yeah, I mean. There's the line. I, I, he goes with the hot hand. I mean, I like Cunningham getting in the mix. He plays great defense. He plays gritty basketball. Yeah, he fouled he, out, did he? Yeah. yeah. He, he's he our first, only, he's the only, only guy that's fouled out all season. He had, <laughs> and he's he done it multiple times. And I love have, it. He didn't have to, he didn't have a choice, dude. He came in so hot to tech once we were losing. He had to get fouled out. He, that was, he yeah. knew. He, knew. Oh, he was bumping dudes. He yeah. was looking. For some action. First fight. Yeah, we're, we're down we're down 10. We're not going to win this basketball game. He was the one that tried to start stuff with the fans. He's got to get thrown out. Like, that's like uh, part I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brock, obviously, and his attitude and the way that, you know, he attacks the game. But when he tries to put the ball on the floor, I go, Brock, no, 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 no. Don't. Just don't. Hey, don't he hit a three in that game. Yeah, yeah. It looks nice. He's spot up three, three. Spot up three. That's that's well within his yeah. wheelhouse. Just don't try and break a guy down <laughs> off the dribble. Not your thing. Not your cup of tea, man. Brock, you are not Allen Iverson. Can you nope. please pass the ball? Ball <laughs> movement. Let's go. Yeah, I, I I really do think we could still put it together, though, because you guys are car is a, an exceptional player. He does have a couple of lapses at moments. Uh Timmy Allen, I like a lot. He's pretty, he's very sound. I would just love for AJ went one of seven. That's just not him. AJ's got to be three or four of seven. And it doesn't yeah. have to be from three. Like and the, three, the same thing. Yeah. If the three ball's not working, like, and I know you don't like the toss, you're right. Like breaking guys down one on one was a major issue because it doesn't create anything for everybody. And a lot of the times we're stuck with contested floaters at the end of the, you know, at the end of the shot clock. Um, but I would love to kind of get in the paint, kick out and try to drive. I mean, I know we don't have a really big man. We don't have Jericho Sims anymore to dish and dunk, but I would, I don't want to live and die by the three if it's not working. And Nick, you brought up the point of not getting, we shot 74 from the line. There were a couple of bad misses at the end. We went 14 of 19, like go get to the line a bit more, draw some foul. I mean, they were in the bonus early. Yeah. Early. Both halves. Yeah. They lived at the line. They lived at the line the whole game. And Nick, you're right. We did not get there enough. We're not yeah. a horrible free throw shooting team. Well, the crazy thing is, line. I don't think we got to the line until like five, six minutes into the second half. Yeah. 
I get it, Nick. Home team's gonna or toss some home team's gonna shoot more, but that's pretty exaggerative if you're not even, I mean, getting to the line for until you know that long in the second half. That that's a little much if, if you if you ask me. Absolutely. I just we just have such a like we get to the line at the at the end of the game, but that was the only thing we could do. Like that was yeah. our, that was, those were our prayers basically, because like we can't get an easy bucket to save our lives. No. And I know that I know in college basketball, like those guys play all out defense, they hustle. Yeah. And it's especially, so different. Especially tech. Yeah. yeah, yeah especially it, tech. Yeah. It's so different, right. In the NBA, like in the regular season, a lot of those guys just don't play defense and yeah. it's, it's easy to go get an easy bucket, but you got to figure out a way we got to run more sets. Sometimes, you know, I think that these guys are playing tentatively because they don't want to get yanked. But I also want to see Beard use the X's and O's and the strategy that I know that he can implement offensively to to get our guys some easy buckets here and there. Right? We have like, that sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be Marcus Carr like isoing a guy like get run a set. Yeah, like, the team wasn't moving a lot. It was very stagnant. Yeah, at points. but what I'm like, about this though, man? I, I don't know because we really did have some open shots. I think we forget and don't think they're doing some of that. They're just missing shots too, because I, there's a lot of really open shots that, I mean, didn't even get close to going down and they didn't, you know, win the rebounds this time either. So I know what you mean. And there's a lot of isolation, but when you can't hit the backside of a barn, I think these guys panic a little bit and then they, they, they kind of want to take over and try to create, but there was, right. a, I mean, you talk about all the guys, I mean, Jones, what one for seven? I know Ramey couldn't hit anything. Allen wasn't on. I mean, and so many dudes. I remember looking, I was like, I got to check the app because who the hell have scored? And it was um Carr and everybody else, two, yeah, one, three, you know. And so I don't know, yeah. maybe the, just playing devil's advocate, I get what we're saying, but when we can't hit anything, yeah. Well, how we, I, how we pull ourselves out of it, right? You don't want to take too much away from just one game, but I think yeah. collectively I've looked at our season and if we want to be a team where it's like you run a point at the top and you break guys down and you have shooters on the outside, you better be able to shoot 35 exactly. that, That's plus exactly what I'm trying to get to from yeah. three, which is like, if we can't shoot that and if our personnel can't do that, then you got to figure out another way, like yeah. get, get dribble drive involved, get guys cutting more backdoor, like get more active and just have way more activity. Cause I mean, look at the teams that, that really run those types of offenses in the NBA, Steph Curry and the warriors. How good does the rest of that team shoot from three? They're excellent. Yeah. James Harden and the old rockets where they would let him do his thing. The rest of the guys, all shooters. Yep. The oh, Ma- yeah. The, Cavs. The, Ma- the Mavericks centered around Luka Doncic, all shooters around him. Like, yep. If you want to run that type of style, you better have the personnel that can actually hit those shots. And I just don't think that's us right now. And I think that a lot of this also just for Texas fans, and this is not just basketball, but also football, as we've mentioned, like got to be patient because this is Beard's first year, just like it was Sark's first year, you know, and and not everything is going to fall exactly in place. Like we thought it was going to like, he's got to get his own guys too, as many transfers as we got. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the transfer thing has been huge, but it really seems like we're missing a dominant big. And like in recent years, if you look at Texas history, Josh already mentioned Jericho Sims, but like Jackson Hayes, Mo Bamba, Miles Turner, like all those guys, you know, they're all five-star recruits, top 10 recruits. 
we haven't landed any. And if, you know, we have one of those guys in the mix, you know, it might change the offense a little bit. I mean, I think give him another year to recruit somebody and yeah. get one of those dominant bigs. Also, the well, other the- thing as well is that we don't have anyone that I've seen in recent memory that's been able to drop 30 points. Right. I mean, look at Timmy, what he did against us. What did he have? 39? Like, yeah. it would be out of this world if one of our players this season or even last season dropped 30 points. Oh, yeah. I'd get drunk on a Tuesday. I would, for sure. You get in the insurance industry. That like, happens way more than you know. I don't need it every... <laughs> Dude, that's a normal happy hour. What the hell you mean? That's amazing. <laughs> that's I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting it every single game, but like, give me 30 points here, that here and there. Well, you know? it, that's such a great point, Nick. Because a couple of things that and going to our text message exchange, two things. One, because I always love to talk about football, too. My man in Georgia said it. He's like, I'm the same coach. You know what I have? It's better players. Better players. Yeah. And then you go back to, we, we're sitting here talking about how good Auburn is. My, I was like, where the hell did Auburn come from? Like, I, I who nice. on a planet believes Auburn's some basketball powerhouse? Mm. No one, but they're number one and they are dang good. So they have those guys, Nick. They have a couple of those dudes who can, who are game changers, who can control a game, right. who's going to make a play, who can create. I think Kansas has one, they always do, but they have one or two of those guys. And so when I look across the league, clearly Gonzaga, you just, you know, alluded to Timmy. I mean, so, it's not bashing. It truly is just calling out the perspective of I we are a hundred percent missing an alpha. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, all the like we uh, when you're talking about Auburn and I mentioned Jabari Smith, right? Who's who's I think should be the number one pick based off of what I've seen from college basketball. No question. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys don't necessarily agree with that, but they they think he's a top three pick, right? He's gonna be picked early in the lottery in the NBA draft. That's a huge factor. He's a freshman, he's a wooden award candidate he's the he's the leader in that category to win the wooden award right now so is drew timmy right so is Ogbaji that's that's at kansas and joey mccormick the big man that they have is not far behind like all these guys not only are they excellent but they're the best players in college basketball and we just don't have one of those guys right now so so it makes it you know that much harder obviously to compete um uh, against a team a tech team that's really good and i think that we looked at the rest of our schedule, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. And we were like, we got to win some of these games. We don't have to win all of them though. So if we split with tech, great. They're going to be a top 10 team going into next week. So yeah. I, I'm okay with this loss because we competed. Timmy Allen did have a bad game, but I thought in the last five minutes of the game, man, did he compete? That guy's a dog. Like he was going to the rim. He was knocking guys over. He was doing whatever it took to try and make his team you know, get back in the game and it didn't happen, but I love the way that we competed. So I think that beard and his leadership is clearly resonating in that way, which is cool yeah. to see. I mean, well, I think that's mine. what beard talked about in his presser beard talked a lot about that. He said it was atrocious in the first half, but he can commend the way they competed in the second half in a hostile environment. So it, it, right on, he agreed in the same way. And we just need to see that. The whole and keep time. in mind, I mean, the tech guys have been playing together longer than we have. Right. I mean, I mean, all these transfers, I mean, it's a brand new team and tech is pretty much the same old team as they had last year. Minus O'Banner, who comes from Oral Roberts, which is a winner, by the way. Like, yep. They said it on the yeah, broadcast. He was, he was elite last year in March Madness. That guy dropped, he scored like 24 points per game. Abmus got all the love, but he was incredible. I mean, that Oral Roberts team won. I mean, and he, you know, they said on the broadcast last night, I actually agree with them. Carr, Mitchell, Timmy Allen. 
Sue, these guys are great players, but they're coming from not winning programs. Winning is something that you also have to learn. A Very little true. Bit. So we play the next game is against Quan's rival at home. We got Iowa State in the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, dude, somebody was trying to convince me that Brock, Brock Purdy was a great quarterback last night. I was just like, <laughs> where were you? I was like, you just said this to the he was at a happy Absolute hour. Tuesday. Wrong just, person. <laughs> just send it. Just send the link to the podcast. Be like, listen from episodes like 10 to, 13, to 14. Like, he said it. He's a great buddy, friend, text alum, a teacher, lawyer, all that. And I'm, I was like, oh, Lord, you did not just say that. Nah, not, not, not in our house. Oh, um, hold on. Before we move on from basketball, I got we, we we're not hitting the elephant in the room. Go. When the hell is men's college basketball? gonna go to four quarters do you want that I, yes it drives me crazy this whole two halves if they're the only damn league on the planet that does that yeah women's is is four quarters right? oh it's already four quarters yeah can, or i tell you what can i get an explanation on why it's still two halves I don't I think don't there know. is one. I, don't well, know I think they're, I think they're all getting drunk on Tuesdays. I don't know. <laughs> it's, and it's weird too because they're an insurance. All these guys obviously play high school basketball, and it's a quarter game. And in it's high a quarter. Basketball. It literally every level. It's a four quarters. Why, why do you dislike it so much, though? Well, I'm gonna tell you because ultimately now it's very biased about the Longhorns and all of that. But those resets, those that that, that they already get too many timeouts. That's a whole other deal. But if you, you go by the quarter and you have these runs, those runs can stop, you know, you, all right. Okay. Boom. They, 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 we, we did had a good first quarter. We're going in the second. It does this thing. We're going in the third. That's usually when kind of that after halftime issue of having that eight to nine to 10 minute run, you get a reset, you get a, okay, let's regroup. Let's do this. You don't have to use one of your timeouts, which you have to be very strategic about. I think that's why everybody does it. It just kind of gives you that break TV timeouts. It works itself out. And I just makes it a little, and it's sure it's for my horns, but it really is for all of the college ball. Yeah. If you're playing with these dudes and you want them to go to the league, how, I mean, it's just so dumb to me that you, you have two halves and you know, you, you want the guys to be prepared for the next level where it's just, orchestrated so different so it's logistic on every level but also from a bias standpoint and those lows we go through maybe that end of that damn quarter will reset and get us back to where we need to be to compete yeah that's yeah. a that's a great point i mean it's not that point for you're, us you're, you're switching you know what side you're shooting the ball on change the mentality a little bit too yeah. i mean yeah i completely agree with you it stops those runs i mean if you think about it like if tech goes on a run right in the first 10 minutes of of the quarter or of the half I mean, the last 10 minutes, like you really got to show up and it's harder to show up in, in those minutes than the front half. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think uh, my least favorite part about it are what you mentioned already, the timeouts, because that distribution across the half, that just makes it, it just makes it stupid uh, yeah. for, for the coach to have like that much of an impact in that way with the timeouts is essentially you're turning a timeout into a quarter break, right? Or at least like, some of your timeouts, you have to take them at certain times. They no longer become as strategic. You're just trying to give your guys 
a couple of extra, you know, seconds to breathe and catch their yeah. breath. Or, or, and then you incorporate the refs as well. They'll, I need, I, I, when I was a Tennessee game, he was like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go 30 seconds. So I can look at a review. I, he probably got buzzed and say they need a TV yeah. timeout. You got to pay bills. So <laughs> right. I, I look at the big, the macro level of how all this works. And it's just, it's, that whole two halves thing is just a little bit dysfunctional. Well, my, my least favorite part about it, the sec, the second point I was going to make was the fouls. Because once you're in the bonus, you're in the bonus for the rest of the half. Yeah. And yeah. that makes a huge deal when the refs are calling a really tight game. They're not letting a lot of contact slide, like clearly was going on in this Texas Tech-Texas game. And then we get put in a position where anytime we want to be physical with them, they're going to the line. And so that gets really, really tricky. And, and in the quarter, you know, NBA system, the way that they, they go about it, it resets every quarter. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a great huge. point. I didn't that's think huge. about that piece of it. That's yeah. a massive point. Could be swayed in the four. I, I could be swayed in the four quarter system. I could be. I'm swayed. I just don't know. What is the delay? Cause I, I I've complained about, honestly, I love March Madness and I love college ball and and really yeah I like the two halves of all Madness. about it but that that for a while I'll be real honest I it kept me away it annoyed me so damn much <laughs> I, I just didn't watch because it just it's dumb just change the damn thing and let's roll I feel you Weird. I'm with you I don't even want to think about March Madness because all I'm gonna say I want to say this right now because it just popped in my head if we lose in the first round don't text me don't call me <laughs> Listen. don't. We just can't lose to ACU or no ABU. Did I, did I cry? Nick was, I was, I was close. I was pretty close. I was really, really sad. It was may have almost been, I may have, we have a video of you. I was almost as devastated. Someone got a candid video of me. I was almost as devastated as when the Patriots lost 18 and 0. I just want to say that out now. I don't mean to put that in the ether. Speaking of the Patriots, it's official. We are going to watch NFL football without a Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, we are. And a couple, two, let's get into the NFL a little before we rock and roll. I want to talk about the Flores thing, and I want to talk about this. Quan, you ever play Brady? Yeah. Hell yeah. Never beat him either. He beat the breaks. I beat Aaron Rodgers. Two, I went two to one. Aaron Rodgers, I went one and one. So I played in that very fun era. I went one and one versus Brett Favre. Um, Peyton Manning, I actually, did Peyton ever beat me? Well, I will Peyton's ass, but the um, <laughs> and I'm just going down all these greats that that I either won and won. And there's not a great that I at least didn't split or won a game from, other than Tom Brady. It was, it wasn't even close. I actually made a really big mistake in Denver and went for shouldn't have caught a ball, fumbled right before the half. I didn't fumble. I muffed a punt, my only muff in all of NFL, and they got a field goal. And he actually said, hey, man, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Mo- mofo, yeah, because y'all just won by eight touchdowns, so I guess it really didn't matter, but yeah, I do worry that about after the that. Game. But he just – the cool thing about NFL that people don't necessarily get to see if you're watching it on TV is the pregame. So I go out there and you're playing against the Ray Lewis. He's playing against the Tom Brady. He's playing. It is a fraternity out there before, and they think we hate each other, but the level of respect you have it's so cool. And so as we call it the NFL experience, because a lot of us don't have careers, we just have a, a blimp of an experience um, to talk with these cats, to meet them. I was 
I, he, and to see his interaction with his teammates was so freaking cool, man. He was the ultimate teammate. He got this bull crap rap of, oh, he's this, he's cocky. It was, it was so far from the truth. He so lost that in respect, Tampa Bay, man. though. He lost that. And, and when he went to Tampa Bay, that was all wiped away because everyone was like, yeah, this guy's the man. Oh, yeah. Well, Bruce Arians had a lot of respect, and he talked about it. But when he was with the Patriots, at the end of the day, they won so damn much, everybody was mad. But yeah. he was one of the best teammates. I had heard that from all of his players, from the guys I know that played with him. And, man, it's just going to be, I, I, honestly, a weird part. Now that I'm post-career, football, sports, all that, I love every bit of my life. I love that portion of it. But I'm so damn happy for him to live this portion of his life, to golf, to see the kiddos, to do all that stuff. And I'm even more grateful for that. It's crazy. Competed against him, but I have so many memories in my head of like, I'll never forget that time when he did this. Mm-hmm. And we live a lot in of a us. Cool time to, to, to appreciate the go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and I, I don't even think I have a thought today. We won't even appreciate how great he was until in 10 years when we realize that no one's going to be able to do what he did. Unless you played against him. <laughs> or I, dude, when again. I played against him, I said, that is is unbelievable i saw the windows he hit he get you see the highlights and they throw the touchdowns but it's in the game of football as y'all know sure the touchdowns matter all of that matters but when he make plays to extend this when he make a change and i can say like hold on dude he's changing his play this this son of how the hell did he know what play we were running and you know and and when you see and you when you nerd out on football like i like i do and see how he's four days ahead of you it is it is football on steroids it is fun but it's not just that it's not just me i found so many of my offensive guys usually we go reset we sit down we talk about our next plan no we need to go watch how he plays the game and we did that in the nfl level we were watching him like we were in college or high school yeah, so like we need to learn from this dude. So that was what's so cool about competing versus the goat and just having fun. And he beat the hell out of me every time. But, it, you know, hey, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and it's not like no, I, this no, is nothing close. This is nothing new, obviously. But what I constantly remind myself of when I think about him and his career and how much he won. It's not the same as the two goats in basketball. Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And I say them in that order because I, Michael Jordan, I have above LeBron James in my all time rankings, but those guys are incredible athletes, like tremendous athletes. LeBron James is a better athlete than most of the guys in the NBA. And he always has been. And even at his age at 37, he still is. Tom Brady is not the same athlete, nor he is, he is subpar athletically comparatively to some of the other quarterbacks that have played the game. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are far better athletes than Tom Brady. He's won more Super Bowls than any NFL team. And like, if that doesn't show you his, the way that he prepared for the game, like you're talking about Quan, the way that he saw the rest of the game. I mean, it, it reminds me a little bit of like, Kobe Bryant in his late years after he got hurt so many times, he was so clinical and tactical with the way that he approached every single snap that like he has a counter for every, every single thing you're thinking about, which is. That's, that is it in a nutshell. I laugh because we talk about it. So two things, one, he's not the athlete. Those guys are, 
he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not all of those. But two, I was laughing because a buddy of mine, he's like, holy cow, Tom Brady, he's 44. He's retiring. By the way, he can still play if he wants to. For sure. And I was sitting there, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm 39. Um, He still, you know, has 6% body fat. And I almost quit walking on the treadmill the other day in Lifetime because (laughs) I was walking on the treadmill and I played on that level. So it just is cool. His mindset, how he goes about it. He he, he surely is the goat from a positional standpoint, but his preparation is what ultimately to your point separates him for so freaking man. I mean Peyton Manning we love Peyton Manning he's funny I mean Eli funny and all that I mean Peyton Manning got one and a half I give him one and a, I give him a, a Super Bowl and a half a Super Bowl with an asterisk because he was dog ass terrible yeah. in that Super Bowl that was Bowl. tough one. he didn't have a neck he, he was so false. bad yeah. but Tom earned every bit of them and went to that many more where he still balled out, but it didn't work out in his favor. So it's just it's, it's next level stuff when it comes to the appreciation of him playing the game and being the GOAT. We throw the term genius out there quite often when it comes to the X's and O's with coaches. But I think he has garnered the title of being a genius on the field. Yeah. So football, his football IQ yeah. is number one. He's a winner and he gets... He just understands the game in a way that no one will ever will. He just gets and it. Josh, I know you're a big Patriots fan, but love him. The best thing that ever happened was him leaving and winning it with another team. Oh but yeah, he did it. He did enough. Like everyone's like, oh, I've solidified was- every ounce of his goatmanship. As it, I mean, in the and was it no first it year? Two. Year one. It was year yep. one. Yep. It was year one in the first year. And that team was a, t- a team didn't make the playoffs the year. Didn't before. make the playoffs the year before. They but got would have together. had the it would have had their quarterback not thrown literally thirty interceptions. <laughs> Jameis, do th- literally thirty. Like but not like, even like exact. This is not. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't one. trade that season for anything though because I had so much fun watching Jameis that year. How that it's, season was awesome. It was amazing. Like, yeah, what? He hiked the ball, three-step drop. It's like, what? Literally anything could happen. There was anyone who was literally on the playing field, he could throw to them. It was everyone was in play. <laughs> everyone had a form. Everyone had a, a shot to catch the, the ball. Refs better keep their head on a swivel because <laughs> those were the been, highest highs and the, and the lowest lows. I mean, like low. with when the high when the throws were good, you're like, that guy's Awesome. He's a Heisman winner. Natty oh champion. God. Yeah. First yeah. overall pick. When he threw up, there was times where he threw a pick. It's like this guy literally needs eye surgery, which he ended <laughs> up getting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love Tom Brady and I'm not even in the least. I'm only, I was, I will say this. I won't get into it because he got into like a radio show, but I was upset with the way it got leaked. I hated that. I wanted him to do it on his own. Dude, I feel like he would have, he would have. A lot of people it. appreciate Scheffler. But this whole be first before the guy have some you, if you have, if you don't have respect for anyone else, let this man do it his way. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I I, I swear those guys, Kuiper, Sheffer and I listen, there, there's guess what? There's there's been created a lane for you in professional sports, mm-hmm. especially in football. You're not going to lose any status if you let Tom Brady do it his way. So that uh, it just shows, sadly, at, at any point when I when I get to the point where I'm like, all right, maybe I may actually pay attention to this. Too. Oh, never mind. You're that's bull crap. That's just absolute bull crap. Yeah. And 
It's I mean, just annoying. We talked about it the other day. Like Schefter is already the best at what he does, right? Like he's the most trusted NFL reporter. Like what does he stand to gain to break this news, right? Like you can't really go much higher ego. than where you already are. Yeah, it's your ego. This is ego. Uh, but like, can you imagine if one of the NBA reporters like Woj like broke the news that LeBron was retiring? Like it, hey, asshole. I really don't like, I won't get this. I won't get into because I've already gone into it. I really don't like Schefter. I'm right there with you. I, I've I never will. told anybody that, but he. I, I, I tell the world, baby. I yeah, I am. Oh, he's he, you know he's from he's, he's from my hometown. He's earned every bit of me telling people now because that's just bullshit, dude. Let this man do it. It it, it, it truly is not. It sure, I guess it's your business, but let him do it his way. And five seconds after you just retweet or whatever, it, you're still going to get the love. He's still got 10 million people following you. Like, it's just, it annoys the hell out of me, in, man. In 20, in 20 years, when people talk about Tom Brady retiring, they're going to they're gonna say when he retired, the year that he retired, after which season he retired. They're not yeah. going to say Adam Schefter broke the news. Boom, no one, exactly. No one you're cares. Just, exactly. And that's what they fail to realize. And, and it is worse because social media and all that stuff. But that that's that's unfortunate. And and I know to, Brady was pissed off, and and I've heard all the stories about it. Um, and I, I text Bruce about it, and and it's just so full disclosure. I, I guess I just threw that out there. I was with Bruce in Indianapolis, and so I actually still keep in touch with him. And so when all of that went down, everybody was just there to. To your point, John, they were just upset that that it went down like that. And he's from it my doesn't town, help any of the relationships. He's from like where I'm from. Scheffler? Yeah. Mm. And I, he, yeah, he's not, I don't, I don't have much. I respect the job he's done and where he's gotten his career. And it pretty much ends there. Not to cut you off, but yeah. I, no, I mean? that's, I mean, you said it best. I mean, just, you respect his grind. Like I said, he's absolutely created a lane for what they do. Yeah. But you're there now. Mm-hmm. Like you're there. Let's now your legacy can be doing it the right way. And and, and that's okay. Sometimes you're not being the first to break this and that and all the above. So it's annoying because it it got awkward too, because I didn't even know about the whole, if Brady stayed till a certain day, he was going to get 15 million. It it just, it it made the whole thing a little funky and the best quarterback of all time in the NFL shouldn't have to deal with that. His right when he's doing it the right way and doing it the right way for everybody involved. And that's, yep. that's what's the most disappointing about it all. 100%. Shout out to Tom Brady and his family. Big time. Yeah, Always. baby. Always enjoy uh, that crew now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you're tight with Arians as well, uh, which means I'm tight with you. So which makes me pseudo boys with Bruce. Arians. <laughs> Bruce is good people, boy. Hey, every time he wears that, that red Kango, I, I can't help myself. I text him. I was like, bro, I see the Kango. He has some swag. Yeah, he's he we didn't get well. into the Super Bowl. We, we get into next week. We get we into that next week. Uh, I do want to. If we, I don't want to rush it, but I do want to get your thoughts, Q, if you don't mind, because you played in the NFL, you know, for a number of years and obviously you've played on a number of teams. The Flores situation, the Vikings job as it stands right now, looks like it's going to go to O'Connell, or McConnell, sorry, who's the OC for the Rams, uh, which leaves the Texans job. I don't know who wants that, which leaves the Jaguars job. I would 
would probably rather be a same probably, division, and no one wants either one of those. I would probably rather be a fry cook. Is and, Denver still open? Uh, no, Denver is not still Hackett. So Hackett, offensive coordinator from the Packers, goes to Denver. If they get Aaron Rodgers, you know you can't really fault them. Dabble of the Bills is now in the Giants. We saw that whole snafu, which we're alluding to, the Brian Flores snafu with McDaniel's to, to McDaniel's to the Raiders, and then Eberflus, who was the defensive coordinator of the Colts, now to Chicago. No black head coaches have been hired, leaving only Tomlin, Stephen A. Smith. They had like a good round table on it today with Marvin Lewis, who I believe was your head coach at one point. Quan, who I'm not a fan of, but yeah. Okay. Fair. I actually sent a text to a couple of Bengals coaches. I said, it's amazing what y'all can do when y'all get rid of Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if Pac liked him. I, Pac-Man definitely doesn't like Andy Dalton, which was kind of hilarious. Who? Pac-Man? Doesn't like Andy Dalton. No, Pac loved, he, Pac actually loved Marvin. Yeah. Probably they were loved. really, really tight. Then it's Andy Dalton that he doesn't like, which He's, is hilarious. Never, never mind. I'm going to stay off of that one. But yeah, um, yeah, no, uh, the, the other job is the, Flores' former job. The Dolphins' job is still open. And the Saints. Yeah, that's right. So now Flores, I don't want to say he's Kaepernicked himself because that's could be egregious, but... No, that actually couldn't because ultimately when you when you put yourself... When you go against the, the owners, you you blackball yourself. Good luck. And and I, I think I like... I really, really, really like his chances on this lawsuit. And he's doing it for all the right reasons. And again, let's be real here. He said it best. I'm not the first. You know, we go back to, you know, Hugh Jackson's putting his name in this. I mean, think about Tony Dungy. What happened to him going back to Tampa Bay? And then, you know, Gruden gets the job and wins a natty. I mean, winning a Super Bowl. And, you know, um, what's my man? Uh, he, he he coached with the Colts. It's amazing to me, Black Jim Caldwell. Caldwell. Oh, yeah. These guys have, I mean, they win. Mm-hmm. Florence won like eight in a row. They win and they get loose and they and they get you know fired. Or Hugh says these little backdoor deals of hey tank, I'm gonna pay you not to like it is a I'm not saying that I have firsthand knowledge of anyone any coach getting paid for this, but let's be real. I I believe every bit of it, and I don't believe a lot. I I have this saying, I don't believe. You know, anything I hear and half of what I see. But when it comes to this, knowing what I saw in the league, it's ridiculous. And and and, and we're talking about it from the NFL level, and it's really bad. But it, it's not just that. I think there was 30 college jobs open, and one, maybe two black head coaches got a head coaching job in college. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. One of ours, well, we got Stan Drayton got taken to Temple. And he actually got hired from one of our old um, associate athletic directors, Arthur. And Arthur is a black man, and he was annoyed. He was like, this is crazy to me. There's so many good coaches out here. Let's be real. Not that, you know, one, I was at an event tonight with the president's office, and we're talking about representation mattering. The league is like 70% black, black dudes. Most of the teams are. And yet, on so many levels, you don't have coaches that look like you. Kudos to Coach Brown because he's always done that. And not that he's trying to check a box, or but it's if you're given opportunity. And and it has been consistently letting get started on Eric Behenemy. The fact that he doesn't he's not a head coach is just insane to me. So it's 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 unfortunate. It, it, it I have so many thoughts about it. It needs to get fixed. 
but I'm so sad because I actually, for a long time, and I think I've told y'all this offline is I'm not the biggest NFL fan. Cause I think it's very entertaining. I don't think it's always the best football. Well, guess what? I've changed the game this year. It has been some of the best damn football I've watched from an NFL standpoint in probably my lifetime. In my, well, Actually, the playoffs. The playoffs have been electric. Especially the playoffs. Both Chiefs so games. You have these amazing games, unbelievable ratings. Everything's going right. But behind the scenes, you still have some things that really and truly need to be looked at and done it, better. It's not like they are behind the scenes. You're right. It's like it's corporate infrastructure and, and stuff that's legacy things, right? Like basically legacy racism that's been around for a long time, but it's not behind the curtain. Like we all see it. Oh, it's right in our face. Yeah, was, yeah, for sure. And I just can't get over it. I mean, your job as a, so your job times. as a coach is to win football games. Like that's, yeah. that's what you're paid to do. We were talking, Josh, Nick and I were talking to a coach, uh, um, an assistance coach for a college program. And he mentioned that his job is literally to win football games. That's that's the end all be all. That's all you're paid to do. And if the ownership of Miami was telling Brian Flores that they were going to pay him to lose, it's like the antithesis of your job as a coach. Like, they were Ted Lassoing him. There could be nothing more corrupt in the sport. than It doing also it. affects his job in the future. Like who's yeah. going to hire Hugh Jackson? Exactly. Now? Exactly. That is it. And then that's what they don't. Well, Man, I love this conversation, and I swear we have to talk so much more about it. But look yeah. at the Texans. They're thinking about hiring a guy who has zero head coaching experience. Uh, McCown or whatever, like, they've interviewed him. You interviewed him before, and they're interviewing him again. Josh McCown. It's just crazy, but it's what the league really is. Yeah. I talk about it all the time when I dive into kind of why my issues. Before, it is what it is, but when I got into the league, I was like, Oh my gosh, sure. This is an amazing experience. I get to go out there with the Tom Brady's and say, what's up? And there's a level of respect. Clearly I will never be the goat like him, but I was on the same damn field and there was a level of respect that came with it. That's cool. But I was like, this is nothing like we did in college. This is, this is a business. And if you think about it, and I've told lots of people this, if you look at the games, they only show so many owners because only so many owners actually go to the games. This truly is the, the the highest level, supposedly, of football. And it is from an athletic perspective, but it's not from a functionality standpoint. From a it is a business. It is a and by the way, the damn the game sure changed when they made betting, which I know, Nick, yeah, you, you bring that up a lot. When they brought in betting, it's the it's the ugly truth, and there will ever be a 30 for 30 about it. I I doubt it because they got way too much money for that to ever happen. But there's a lot of things about the league that that are unfortunate and i think this flores situation is going to expose some of it or it won't because like in the capital situation that they'll make sure it stays concealed right yeah 100 and you know what i'm going to state the obvious it starts from the top right and you look at the diversity of the nfl owners and it's a lot of white faces a lot of old white faces you know what there is an organization that's for sale right now team they used to play for denver broncos and they're valued at four billion dollars right now there is a black billionaire. I think he's worth $5 billion from Denver, Colorado, named Robert Smith. He's a. No, CEO no, no, no. Private... He's worth $8 billion now. I'll tell you how crazy that is. The event I was at tonight, one of his top dudes gave UT $1.5 million. Look at that. Vista Equity. 
Yep, come on, that's it. come on, Robert. Let's go. Go, go buy the Broncos, buy man. Buy your hometown team. Change the narrative. Robert. Oh man, that would be pretty cool. That'd be sick. There's a there's a Southwest flight, not the D flies commercial, <laughs> to to Denver. <laughs> that's pretty damn cheap. <laughs> Yeah, he's got sure he's, he's got really a Lincoln penny, he's got a Lincoln flights. Riley PJ as Josh would say, <laughs> and LR PJ. Yeah, but we'll definitely continue this conversation as more comes out. But at first, I was like, "Oh no, Flores, wait till at least you know try to get a job." But he's got evidence and he's got ammo, and he eventually was like, "The Saints are crumbling." Miami fired me for I couldn't even tell you what reason. And then who would want to go to Jacksonville or Houston right now? So at this point, I was like, I respect him pushing his his chips into the middle here uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, go to betonline.ag. We brought up betting. Go there right now. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Sign up for your welcome bonus, all that. We live bet the Bengals, won some money. So live betting is great. Go do that. Don't be shy. And the fans out there, thank you so much for joining us. The Horns Up podcast, Talk in Texas. Get your horns up. I'm Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disciples, Nicholas Snackscrider, and the Quan Cosby. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.